0: Mind Your Subconscious is the podcast that provides you with techniques and knowledge about your subconscious mind, the part of your brain that lets you control your ego and create an extraordinary reality with your thoughts. We invite meditation, hypnosis, NLP, EFT and other experts to help you master the most powerful part of your brain. Your host is Jennifer Schlüter, who quit her job as managing editor of 22 newspapers, to travel the world and work online just after one hypnosis session. A nomad ever since 2016, Jennifer is now a certified hypnotist and helps people transform their dreams into reality. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Mind Your Subconscious. This week we're here with Carmen Kalatsayud and she's telling us all about somatic therapies, meaning art therapy, dance therapy, and everything you can do with your body to combat trauma and traumatic experiences. So if you've had trauma or if you just want to learn about somatic therapy, then go have a listen and enjoy this week's episode. Hey everyone, today we're here with Carmen. Um, Carmen, please introduce yourself.
1: Uh, Sure, my name is Carmen Kalatayud, and i am a licensed professional counselor Um, i work in person uh, but i work primarily online with clients uh, all over the country and all over the world Um, my specialty is working somatically that is with the body um, and bringing spirituality into that work Um, i integrate the somatic or body pieces into the work um, and also creative arts therapies as well as dance and movement. Um, And I use these uh, what we call more nonverbal tools because uh, neuroscience has shown us over the last 20 or so years um, that these nonverbal creative tools um, access that nonverbal part of the brain where the traumatic uh, memories are stored. So, working with stress and trauma in this way, um, I have found personally for myself, on my own journey with trauma, um, as well as working with other people that, um, that these ways work really well. Um, and that they're also very freeing and build people's self-esteem. Just learning to be able to express yourself in different ways.
0: Okay, and can you tell us how working with your body relates to the subconscious
1: yes absolutely um so you know i'll I'll try to make this kind of um you know i'll break it down and make it simple if i can um but you know we have the the prefrontal cortex part of the brain that's very logical and rational you know um, we have explicit or narrative memory i can tell you From that part of the brain oh I had a cup of coffee and I had a donut for breakfast and there's no real emotional attachment to that Um, you know that's the conscious part of the brain the subconscious part of the brain is actually below that um, and generally known as the limbic system and in the limbic system um, memories are recorded emotionally so if you think of the five senses Memories are recorded in images and sounds, the sense of touch, um, you know, things that are tactile, smells. Um, So we don't have the same verbal access to those emotional type of memories. It's that area of the brain, that subconscious area of the brain, where um, traumatic memories get stored. And when we use things like writing, um, when we use things like art, um, when we use dance, movement, when we use um, somatic therapies, really paying attention to the body, learning how to breathe, we're really accessing that subconscious part of the brain. So the subconscious, I think of the subconscious as... um, It's not that rational part of the brain, I'm conscious in the way that I'm, I'm moving, I know I'm alive, I'm not unconscious, I'm not knocked out, but I do things and I don't realize that I'm doing them.
0: Okay, and can you give us an example of how these somatic therapies have either helped
1: you or your clients? Yeah, absolutely. Um, well what i discovered um in my own therapy um is that you know i the first time i went to therapy was probably in the late 80s so things were very very different then um and therapy was generally talk what we call talk therapy you know I'm gonna tell your story over and over again um and um i never really got better um it was great to have the support um, but I didn't really understand why I never got better. I didn't, I didn't get it. Um, and it wasn't really until um, I actually went to graduate school and made a big change in my life after um, some more traumatic things had happened in my adult life, after my father's death and ending uh, relationship, that um, at a certain point I decided that this was the work, this healing kind of work was what I was meant to do. Um, that I couldn't sit in a cubicle the rest of my life. And um, because I'm also a poet and a writer, um, I did a lot of writing and editing. Um, So I decided, well, the answer is I'm gonna go to graduate school and I'm gonna learn all this stuff and then I'm gonna get it. Um, And it didn't exactly happen that way. Um, Graduate school and formal education is wonderful and it was a great gateway for me Um, but when I got out into the real world of working with clients, I found that I didn't really feel like I was helping people. I worked with people who were grieving, terrible losses. Um, and, um, it wasn't until I started searching and and I kind of think of it as my own healing quest, but also a spiritual quest. Um because I think healing trauma is a spiritual experience, um, that I saw people get better. So for example, um, I started using guided meditation. I started using guided imagery to help people shift to more healing and positive images and practice closing their eyes and thinking about those scenarios. and when they were able to do that, when they were able to just simply be with the breath um, and start breathing, be able to literally close their eyes and let go and think of you know, a safe place, for example, like we do in guided imagery and create that safe place. I saw that when people started to have tools that were connected to the body, they started to get better and so then that just sent me on this journey of i've got to learn this breathing body stuff i still don't completely understand it but people are getting better and they're feeling better and they're saying that they're they're getting better Um, they're using these tools outside of therapy So that was a huge step for me. Um, And then I just kind of launched into my own continuing education, working with some really wonderful, um, some also well-known somatic psychotherapists and therapists who teach this kind of work of attending to the breathing, attending to the body, learning how to calm the nervous system. Um, I think if you've experienced anxiety yourself, and I certainly have, or panic um, you start to convince yourself that you're never going to calm down and that you can't breathe and your brain gets locked into that pattern well that's just the way it is and it's not until i start working with somebody with the body and they feel it i can't just say you know hey jennifer breathe and you'll be better (laughs) i have to say no jennifer let's practice breathing together let's let you touch your chest with this hand and touch your belly and let's feel your breath and see what that feels like and it sounds so simple right but what i have learned is never underestimate the power of teaching someone to breathe because most of us are shallow breathers Um, so i think once people start to feel in their body, that they can calm down, for example, that, there's there's no denying it anymore, right? It's, they are convinced, they felt it in their body, they have the body sense. And that's way, way different than us just sitting here, you know, like, well, hey Jennifer, you know, if you just started breathing a little deeper, things would get better, why don't you just breathe? <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. So, and you probably have experienced that, you know, in the hypnotherapy world that you work in of, you know, well, Hey, if, if you would just think these better thoughts and just let go of those beliefs, everything would be okay. But if it were that easy, they wouldn't come to see you, right?
0: Yeah. That, and also I start also with, um, telling people to slow down their breathing and to breathe in deep oh. and really feel how the air is traveling into their lungs and their bodies that's what i do too so it's really uh it's all about the breath and it's and whenever there um just yesterday i had somebody who had really too he, she had way too many thoughts way too many things going on in her head i just told her to breathe and everything started be being fine again so yeah. it's really as simple as that but so many people um don't know that and so right. tell us what breathing does in your brain that will make you calm down? What is the process?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, um, that's a great question. Um, I don't know if I can perfectly scientifically answer that question, um, but what I will say is that um, many, for many of us, especially if you have had a history of trauma or you have experienced anxiety or depression, Um, which normally come along with trauma and and long-term stress. Um, The amygdala, which is, uh, that's part of that emotional brain, has that fight-or-flight aspect to it. In other words, the amygdala just sets off like an alarm when I feel like I'm under threat. The hard part is that I get triggered, I can get triggered and feel like I'm under threat even though in the present moment I'm really not under threat. So, so I, my emotional brain keeps reacting to the past. Mm. So, um, so an example of that might be, um, I mean a really common example is if I were in a war zone, it's kind of an extreme example. Um, and I hear bombs going off Um, or I've been around shooting. And and that could be in somebody's neighborhood, it doesn't have to be in a war zone per se. And I've experienced this myself um, because I've heard gunshots before. Um, I was literally having ice cream with, (laughs) with some friends and a car drove by and it backfired and it made the so- sound of a gunshot. And of the four people sitting at the table, I was the only one. I literally dove and hit the ground. That was my, my emotional brain, that fight or flight that was reacting as though I was being shot at. Um, and the people I, re- I was with, I remember at the time were laughing. And I remember trying to explain it And I could, I couldn't explain it. I didn't really understand it. So that's what happens. Now, if I want to calm that part of the brain down, if I want to calm that fight or flight response and calm the entire nervous system, one way that I can do that is what you already just said, which is, I'm going to slow my breathing down. I'm going to consciously practice slowing my breathing down for me. Um, touching the body is a big part of that Um, because if you think about um, calming a baby and i use this example a lot um, if we want to soothe ourselves rubbing the chest like you would do to a baby or you might rub a baby's back if the baby's on her belly you know that touch is very soothing that starts to calm down that amygdala for a lot of people, not everybody, and starts to calm down the nervous system, okay? So sympathetic nervous system equals stress. But we want the parasympathetic nervous system to come back online, which is the part of the nervous system that's gonna help us calm down. So breathing is gonna start helping that amygdala to start calming down, that fight or flight response. Um, but remember that that response is automatic, right? It's subconscious um, and we can't control it. Um, we get better at it as we do the healing work. You know, the intensity of it will lessen. And I think that's that's the healing journey that we take and that's the growth that happens. Um, but, you know... Trauma is a normal experience or normal reaction, response to an abnormal experience. So if you're the person that's experiencing the trauma, the anxiety, the depression that's all related to things that have happened in the past, it's not your fault that you didn't run away or that you didn't fight back. If you froze in the situation, actually reptilian part of the brain made that decision for you, not your conscious prefrontal cortex. And your reptilian survival part of the brain made that decision so that you would survive and be safe. So it's important that we don't blame ourselves for I should have done this in that situation or why did I let him do that or why didn't I fight back. Um, So I'm getting a little off topic. but. what we want to do with the breath is calm that fight or flight reaction that's happening in the amygdala we want to try to calm that down and breathing's not the only way um but it's a wonderful place to start and it's something that we all need to learn to do
0: and it's something we all can do super yes yeah, yes. yeah like yeah. no problem and then um so how that fight or flight response that is um, ingrained in our subconscious, how do you lessen that with the kind of therapies that you do, like with somatic therapy, with art therapy, with dance therapy, with movement therapy? What kind of uh, does drawing yeah. does dancing have on that lessening that fight or flight response?
1: Well, I'll, I'll, give, you, I'll give you one example, and there's so many, but um, one example is an art therapy, okay? So if, if I'm drawing, And I'm moving my hand back and forth like this. So, for people who can't see, I'm just kind of moving from left to right, left to right, almost like I'm taking a piece of paper and I'm scribbling left to right, left to right. Sounds so simple. But what happens is when I'm doing that motion, I'm strengthening the connection between the left and the right brain, that motion. I can do the same thing if i touch one side of the body with my right hand and then take the left hand and touch the opposite side of my body so right now i'm hitting my shoulders i'm taking my right hand hitting the hitting my left shoulder i'm taking my left hand hitting my right and i do i go back and forth like this and you would think well why in the world would something like that calm the body down It's when we strengthen the connection between the left hemisphere and the right hemisphere, that parasympathetic nervous system starts to help us calm down. So that that particular movement, whether it's in art therapy or whether in movement therapy, I teach people rock back and forth and see what that feels like. And for a lot of people, that feels really soothing just to stand up and rock back and forth. Again, I'm gonna go back to the baby. You know, um for for millions of years, human beings have somehow known that rocking a baby soothes the baby, right? We just sort of how do we know that? Well, what nobody really realized, or I, I would say our ancestors were intelligent and they did realize it, is that motion calms the amygdala and calms the nervous system. So with these therapies, whether it's art or whether it's writing or whether it's movement or whether it's somatic, you know, working with the body, um, the first thing that we're going to do is teach you some skills, right? Simple things, the breathing, the, if you want, if you are willing to draw, to draw back and forth, to teach you body tools, you know that you can do at home like this. Um, I also teach something called the Emotional Freedom Technique, which is energy psychology, um, which is also famously known as tapping. Um, and um, and I won't go into that whole process now. But um, if you're listening and you're interested in Emotional Freedom Technique or tapping. Um, just so you know, there's tons of free, um, videos on YouTube to, um, to show you how to do that, um, that particular type of energy psychology. And that's something else that calms down the amygdala and teaches you how to calm your nervous system down. So the first step with these, anything where we're using the body is I'm going to teach you tools so that you can start soothing yourself and take care of yourself. You have to have resources. And that's, that's a word we use in trauma a lot is, what are the resources that I have that I can use to calm myself? So one of my resources might be movement. Um, dancing and um, putting on music when you're at home can be life-changing. And it doesn't have to be a particular type of dance. It can be just however you want to move your body. You know, that you get to be in control. Nobody's telling you how to dance. You put on music you like and you move however you want to move. That's very freeing. Um, Learning how to have more of a sense of control over your body, I think, is huge for people who have experienced trauma. but again, we're doing things that are nonverbal. We're addressing those sights and sounds and the sense of touch and the smells, those things that are stored in the subconscious part of the brain. We're touching on those and helping those things heal with these type of therapies because that's where those nonverbal memories are stored. Okay. Um, yeah. No, no, no. Uh, let me pause there. That's a lot. Yeah,
0: so would you say somatic therapy is successful because you are focusing on the now and on the future rather than on the past and talk over and over and over again about it?
1: Yes. Yes. I, oh, thank you for, for saying it like that because that's, that's exactly right. Um, somatic therapies are also, we're teaching people to be in the present moment, Right. So if I'm anxious, I'm in the future. Even if I'm five minutes in the future, like, oh my God, I got a to-do list. And when am I going to get out of here? I even say that to people that I'm coaching or in therapy, like, you're not really here right now, are you? Because you're, you're, you're ready to get the hell out the door, aren't you? <laughs> I know you have to go get groceries after this, but let's come back because <laughs> you got five more minutes. Um, depression means that i'm leaning towards my focus being in the past right so the goal is how can i be in the present moment and use these skills because i'm going to get triggered by the past memories right and i'm going to have these unconscious or not unconscious excuse me subconscious reactions um so then i could start using my tools then i you know the the breathing the you know, tapping on my body, the art, the just writing in a journal about how I feel is actually me using my hand, because that takes motor coordination. Or me typing on my computer, I'm using a different way to express myself, so I'm hitting that nonverbal part of the brain. Um, some people think, well, journal or poetry, you know, like you're using words. You are using words. But that's different than just having a conversation with someone.
0: Okay. And then you mentioned at the beginning that you also bringing into spiritual aspects in your into your therapy. Yes. So, um, when did that come about, and how has that changed how
1: you your client successes? Um, I have found um, with some people that um, when they're on a journey of healing their trauma. Many of them are also have also sought out some type of spirituality. Um, I know that was true for me, and I think part of that connection is what I guess a lot of people are today calling post traumatic growth. But for me, spiritually, um, you know, I my parents were Im- both immigrants um, who both survived war and trauma, and I was brought up. In the Catholic Church and going to Mass, um, I eventually moved, um, you know, probably a preteen teenager moved away from that. Um, and for a long time, just thought there was nothing. There was nothing. Um, and that was at an age in my 20s when I was acting out and um, doing a lot of things to try to calm down the trauma and the depression using alcohol using drugs, um, using uh, food, as a matter of fact, um, which is really common when we have trauma and depression and anxiety that we're we're trying to desperately find something on the outside to fill the empty void on the inside. And it works for a while, but then it doesn't. So my spirituality took me um, actually took me into astrology, um, and that's something else that I bring into for clients who are interested, um, using their astrology chart as a spiritual tool and as a way of validating and getting to know the self. Um, I also became really interested in meditation and yoga. Um, I became very interested in indigenous spirituality and also Buddhism. Um, So I guess over the years, all of those things started coming together. um, And I realized that some of the people that I was working with were really interested in those things, Um, really interested in not just healing the body and healing the mind, but how do we heal the spirit? How do, and how do we nurture and feed the spirit? Um, so for me, in my work, um, I use yoga poses and yoga therapy as part of the movement, um, which I see as spiritual. I see movement and dance as spiritual. I see um, writing and creativity and art as you know something that can really come through spiritually Um, and I think a lot of other people have found that to be integral in their healing process as well Um, so that as they use say art or writing as part of their healing process there's this spiritual growth that seems to start to happen this this openness this knowledge that um, and then for me you know speaking for myself I feel connected um, when I use those modalities to my ancestors. Um, I feel connected to what some people think of as another world, and yet I really feel like they are still here with us, helping us. Um, So those are some of the different forms of spirituality that I bring into sessions with my coaching clients, in addition to the movement, the art, and the writing, um, depending on what somebody's openness and interest is. Um, but I find that, and I have found for myself, that healing trauma and you know, healing depression and anxiety, and let's throw physical illness in there as well, because um, I've had my share of that, and that's often related to trauma, is that what we're suppressing is getting acted out in the body, um, which is another thing that drew me to these somatic therapies and my own journey as well, that when I can express myself in a whole different way, instead of telling my story over and over again and actually be in the present moment, that's where the healing happens.
0: Mm, I love that. The healing happens in the present moment. Yeah, that is beautiful. It
1: does. The healing. And, and it's, sometimes it's hard to convince people um, that telling their story and all the gruesome details over and over again is not going to help them and actually um, often re-traumatizes us.
0: Yeah. And would you say your parents being immigrants with a war background has that influenced you you growing up has that influenced your subconscious and
1: if so how yes absolutely um i am very interested in generational trauma um and there's been a lot of studies and a lot of writing about this um you know with uh children of holocaust survivors for example um you know, And it doesn't have to be the Holocaust, um, but it, in my situation, my father survived the Spanish Civil War as a child. My mother uh, was from Ireland, um, but had moved to London and was living in London during World War II um, as a teenager. Um, and this was something that was not talked about in my family at all. Um, But what I have learned over the years is that, you know, literally I I say to people, it's in my DNA. Um, No, I wasn't there. But that trauma and that anxiety and that depression that they suffered so much um, and didn't have the means to help themselves or get healing. um, I, I have that in my body. And, and I just recognize and own that. Um, and so I would say that that's been, um, that's been a really, really profound part of the life change that I made in my 40s of deciding to go back to school. And this, I don't even think I understood it at the time, this deep, deep knowing and desire that not only do I wanna heal my own trauma, I don't even know if I was using that word at the time, but that I want to help others heal. And I knew there was a way. I just didn't know what it was. Um, so, you know, I would say that, um, and, and I'll also just to throw in there, they didn't just have the war trauma, um, they had significant trauma and abuse in their families growing up, um, physical and sexual abuse really serious stuff. Um, and those things were kept secret as well. So, um, you know, I know that I absorbed all of these things in addition to having my own experiences with them. And, um, I guess I feel a deep commitment, um, to helping other people heal knowing that I'm still on my own healing journey, but also knowing that um, since I'm a writer and a poet, poetry has saved my life. No question. Um, I've heard artists say the same thing. I've heard dancers and actors (laughs) say the same thing, that it was that creative expression to express pain, emotion, in a different way, in the present moment, that actually has saved them and has been one of the biggest healing tools they've had throughout their lives. Um, so, uh, so yeah, those, those things deeply influenced me. Um, it's always interesting to get older and to look back and watch you know, your journey and then understand it from a whole different point of view that those things were driving me and I really didn't even understand Obviously my subconscious <laughs> understood something and was driving the bus somehow, and I just followed along. Um, maybe you can talk a little bit more about how that works um, or what you do with hypnosis, which I find totally fascinating. Um, but uh, the subconscious, as we know, is incredibly powerful. It's happening, and we're not, but we're not fully consciously aware of it. So, um, yes, thank you for the question that, um, that has been a big part of my life story.
0: Thank you for sharing that with us. And, uh, now what is next for you? Hmm. What is next?
1: Well, um, what is next is I am doing more astrology readings again. I actually did that work in the past where I would do astrology readings, um, and work with people who wanted to bring their astrology chart into the therapy to better understand themselves. Um, There's a big tradition of of people doing that in a lot more in the Western United States, I would say, um, than the Eastern United States. Um, Certainly Carl Jung, who was very famous for having done that, although people don't tend to talk about that, that's what he did with his patients is he studied their astrology charts to actually help them. Um, so that's part of more of the work that I'm doing um, as a somatic spirit coach, just bringing all of these things together and working with people online individually. Um, I plan to do more groups. Um, I'm doing a somatic um, group therapy for some graduate students right now. And my plan is to do more of that, um, but really specializing in working with women who um, want to heal and get in touch with their bodies and are open to these uh, creative ways and these creative therapies and, and ways of healing. Um, and I, my, my other goal is really to, um, I'm in the midst of creating a retreat. Okay. Um, so um, I love working online with people and that is just beautiful, beautiful work. Um, just like you and I are getting to talk face-to-face and you're in South Africa and I'm near Jacksonville, Florida. Um, But I also really enjoy, um, because I like the sense of touch, being connected and being in community. So, you know, being able to do groups and workshops and retreats, not all the time, obviously, but um, doing some of that work and being with people in person really lifts my heart as well so um those are those are some of the plans i think for 2020
0: awesome that sounds great i wish you all the best with that and now you can let our audience know where they can
1: find you yes absolutely um my website it's um it's a new website um it is somatic spirit coach.com somatic spirit coach.com um you know, people, you, you can also Google me. I know my last name is a little challenging. Um, We're but put I also. that in the podcast notes too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and I also have a Facebook group, um, which is my name, Carmen Kalatayud, Somatic Spirit Coach. Also, um, you can find me on Instagram, Somatic Spirit Coach. So um, hopefully it's easy to find me. Um, and if you're listening and you have any questions, about anything that I've shared, I would love to connect with you and just build community.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much, Carmen. I really appreciate your time. And I really appreciate you sharing your wisdom with us. Thank you
1: so much, Jennifer.
0: It's my honor to be with you today. Love this episode of Mind Your Subconscious? Subscribe, rate, and leave a review on whichever platform you're listening. It's very much appreciated. Thank you so much. Catch our next episode every Monday.